Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. I know personally, with my fluctuating schedule, it's very difficult to try and get eight continuous hours of good sleep. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, they'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro. E-I-G-H-T sleep.com pro. 8sleep.com pro. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and before I bring on my co-host, the 2005 All-Pac-10 defensive end for USC and 13-year NFL veteran Frosty Rucker, We'd like to wish all of our listeners a happy holiday season. Whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, or even Festivus, Frosty, any big plans for the week? You know what? I'm just going to spend the time with my family and get the much-needed rest. I've been traveling a lot. Always a good time to spend time with the family during the holiday season. And of course, if you enjoy listening to our football podcast, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. On Twitter, you can find and follow me at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, let them know where they can find you. As always, you can find me at The Organic Frost. That's at The Organic Frost. On Friday, December 27th, the 22nd ranked USC Trojans will be a few hours down the road from campus in San Diego to take on the number 16 team in the country, the Iowa Hawkeyes, in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl at the San Diego County Credit Union Stadium, formerly Qualcomm and Jack Murphy Stadium. It's a 5 p.m. start on the West Coast, 8 p.m. for those of you in the Eastern Time Zone, and you can catch the game on TV on FS1, on Sirius XM Radio Channel 83, or in the L.A. area on the flagship station KABC 790 AM. Both teams enter on a three-game winning streak, with USC 8-4 overall, 7-2 in the Pac-12, 
and Iowa 9-3 overall, 6-3 in the Big Ten. The Hawkeyes are coached by Kirk Ferentz in his 21st season at the helm of the program, the longest active tenure of any coach in the FBS. He's got a 161-104 record at Iowa, just one win away from tying Joe Paterno for fourth most all-time as a Big Ten coach. Ferentz passed his predecessor, the legendary Hayden Fry, who just died last week, for fourth place on the list of most conference games won in the Big Ten with 97 in Iowa's regular season finale win over Nebraska. So Frosty, let's begin by looking at the coaching matchup between Ferentz and Clay Helton. I think most people feel that Iowa has the advantage here. What do you think? Well, the coaching matchup is a good one. You got age and experience versus someone that each week is on the hot seat with a talented roster. I don't feel like they totally have the advantage, even though experience is a key in playing in these big games. I'm going to go with Helton on this one. I think our team has more to prove. Yeah, I think USC definitely does have a lot to prove. And this Iowa team is going to be a tough test. Those three losses that they have came against Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Three good teams. And it was just by a combined 14 points in those three games. So they've played everyone close in their losses. And they took out then number seven ranked Minnesota back on November 16th when the Golden Gophers were a 9-0 undefeated team riding high, rowing the boat with P.J. Fleck. Iowa took them out then in November. So this is a good Iowa team. And they are mainly known for the defensive side of the ball, especially this year. And it's going to be, I think, Frosty, a matchup of strength versus strength. The Iowa D against the high-powered air raid offense of USC. So let's go through the numbers a bit here. Iowa has the number 12th ranked total defense in the country right now. These numbers may change slightly in terms of the rankings over the next few days as other bowl games get played as we record the show on Monday. But the stats themselves won't change. They give up just over 304 yards a game. 184 of those through the air, good for 11th in the country, and 120 on the ground. That's 24th ranked rush defense. And in scoring, they are the 5th ranked team in the nation, giving up just 13.2 points a game. And part of that reason is because they limit red zone opportunities. They've only allowed 24 red zone opportunities this season, which is tied for the fewest in the country with the Georgia Bulldogs. And in those 24 attempts, they've only given up 10 touchdowns, which is tied for the fewest TDs allowed in the red zone with Utah and Clemson. And of course, you got USC, 17th ranked offense in the country at over 463 and a half yards a game, fifth in the country in passing with 336 yards a game, not as good rushing wise, 110th ranked in the nation at just under 128 yards a game and just over 35 points a game, which is 35th in the country. They've gotten into the red zone 50 times this season, scoring 31 touchdowns in those 50 attempts. So it's really a matter of which team is going to win that battle. And there's some good players to point out as well on Iowa's squad. Junior defensive end A.J. Epinesa. He's a guy who's being talked about as being a first-round draft pick, probably the second-ranked edge rusher in the draft to Ohio State's Chase Young. 
He's got 45 tackles on the season, leading the team with 13 tackles for loss. Nine of those are sacks, also leads the team, and he's forced three fumbles to lead the team as well. First team All-Big Ten player for the second straight year, and he did it last year as a guy who didn't even start. He didn't start until this season as a junior, and he's a second team All-American. His opposite defensive end, redshirt junior Chauncey Golston, 44 tackles, 8.5 of those for loss and and 2.5 sacks. Also has an interception and 4 pass breakups. The leading tackler on the team is senior linebacker Christian Welch with 80 on the season, even though he missed 3 games with injury, 7.5 of those tackles for loss and 3 sacks. And in their secondary, senior cornerback Michael Ojemudia, he leads the team with three interceptions and seven pass breakups, has 47 tackles. So there are some good players on that Iowa defense, and I think we're going to have to see what wins out between the two strengths of these two squads. Yeah, as you pointed out, they got two solid bookends and DBs that like to get their hands on the balls and make tackles. It's really going to come down from that upfront battle for me with those bookends. We had a very solid offense that moved the ball. We scored points. We also got guys that are under the microscope as NFL talent. We got Austin Jackson, which had a fantastic year, and Drew Richmond, and those guys got to hold up. If our air raid offense is going to do anything to push the ball down the field in San Diego, those two got to hold up versus those bookends. Yeah, I definitely think that's going to be a big key. Can they keep Keaton Slovis's jersey clean? Because... Those two guys will be coming off the edge, and they've even shown a propensity to try and move A.J. Epinesa inside in certain situations so that he can rush from an inside position as well, which again shows how versatile he is. The guy's a monster. He's 6'6", 280. Again, NFL scouts are drooling over the guy, so that's going to be a really big deal for USC. And we've seen SC have some issues at times because I don't know about you, but I'm expecting Iowa to come in with the same game plan that a Washington had, that a BYU had, and drop 7-8 back in coverage and dare SC to run. Well, with all that rest that we've had, you know, we didn't have that last week of the season because we had another bye. Those running backs may very well be rested. And if they do that, I hope Coach changes the game plan right away and takes advantage of it until they play into our strength, which is passing the ball. But if we can get off some early runs, they got to stack the box, which will open it all up. Right. I think that'll be the key. I would expect Iowa to try and dare USC to run, and we are going to have to get them out of that and allow our wide receivers then to have more openings to get the ball from Keaton Slovis. Because we know we can fling the ball around, but we have also seen the USC offense stall out when teams dropped back multiple guys into coverage and only rushed three or four men. So that is going to be the big key between USC's offense and Iowa's D. And meanwhile, when you flip it to the other side, you can maybe call it the weakness versus weakness with Iowa's offense against USC's D. You have the 98th ranked offense in the country in the Hawkeyes, getting just under 370 yards a game, 230 of those through the air, good for 67th in the country. And normally you equate Iowa with being a good running team, but this year, just 139.5 yards a game, only 97th ranked overall out of the 130 FBS teams. And they only scored 23.8 
points a game. That's 99th in the country. And you do see them do very well when they get into the red zone. They've scored 36 times in 38 opportunities, which is fifth in scoring percentage. But when you look deeper at those numbers, the 38 opportunities is only tied for 99th in the country. And then out of those 36 scores, only 20 of those are touchdowns, which is tied for 104th in the country in total red zone touchdowns. So not really good when you look deeper at the numbers beyond the percentage. Meanwhile, on SC's side of things, SC's got the 84th ranked total defense, giving up about 415 and a half yards a game. About 249 of that is through the air. That's 99th in the country. And 166 and a half yards on the ground. Good for 76th. SC allows just under 28 points a game. That's tied for 65th in the nation. And they've allowed 26 touchdowns in 45 red zone opportunities. The key players to look at for Iowa Senior quarterback Nate Stanley, he's going to make his 39th consecutive start. He's got a 26-12 and 12 record as a starter. 66 career TD passes is good for second in school history behind Chuck Long's 74. His 8,089 career pass yards is third in the school's history, just 203 behind Drew Tate, who's in second place. Again, Chuck Long owns basically every Iowa quarterback record this season, though. Stanley's kind of struggled. He's only completed 58.9% of his passes for 2,738 yards and 14 touchdowns. This is coming off back-to-back seasons where he threw for 26 touchdowns as a sophomore and a junior. So I think a lot of people have been maybe disappointed in the play of Nate Stanley this year, but really the whole offense has kind of been middling to say the least. They do have some interesting guys though at skill position players. They got a junior wide receiver, Amir Smith-Marset. He's got 42 catches, team leading 676 receiving yards, four touchdowns, but he's also a big threat as a kick returner. This season, he's averaged 25.8 yards per return and had a 95-yard TD return in their last game against Nebraska. For his career, he averages 28.6 yards per kickoff return, which is good for second in Big Ten history to Purdue's Stan Brown, who had a 28.8 average way back in 1968-70. And the guy he's ahead of, the third place guy in Big Ten history, you might have heard of him, Heisman Trophy winner Desmond Howard from Michigan. So we know SC has had some issues in kickoff coverage this year, so we have to look out for that. And part of the reason why maybe Iowa hasn't run the ball as well is that they've really kind of had a three running back committee this year that has combined for over 1,500 yards. But finally, the last three games, true freshman running back Tyler Goodson kind of emerged from the pack, started the last three games, and he's got 116 carries on the season, leads the team with 590 yards, has four touchdowns, And part of the Iowa offense is led by a stud right tackle, junior Tristan Wirfs. He's the Big Ten's Offensive Lineman of the Year, a first-team All-American from the Football Writers Association of America and the Walter Camp Foundation, second-team All-American from the Associated Press and the American Football Coaches Association. So there is some talent there, but again, Iowa's offense is not exactly their calling card, especially this season, and 
Do you think that USC's defense might have some inflated numbers against them because they play in the Pac-12? Can the Trojan defense handle what appears to be a very mediocre Iowa offense? Yeah, it's a favorable matchup across the board for us. Iowa will play tough. They got good coaching and they got a couple key players. But to me, it should be a lopsided evening for the Trojans. I just think across the board, we got one coach that is under a microscope every time he sees it. And we got another coach that's been there 21 years that hasn't won a national championship. So I like the Trojans in this one. And on the special teams side of things, the Iowa kicker, a walk-on redshirt junior, Keith Duncan, leads the nation with 29 field goals made, which is an Iowa and Big Ten record, and just too shy of the NCAA single-season record. He was a consensus first-team All-American, voted first-team by the AP, the FWAA, and Sporting News. He was a Lou Groza Award finalist, missing out on that to Georgia's kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship. But he was the Big Ten Kicker of the Year, and he's got a really interesting story. He started as a true freshman back in 2016 and then basically lost the job the next two seasons and sat behind Miguel Racinos. So he redshirted in 2017 and didn't play at all last season. So it's been a really nice comeback story for him. Again, he might be breaking an NCAA single-season record with a few field goals in the game on Friday. And the punter for Iowa is someone that SC fans might recognize. He's a grad transfer from Arizona State, another one of these Australian punters, just like Ben Griffiths of USC. Michael Sleep Dalton is the guy for Iowa, averaged 42.1 yards per punt this season. But last year, if you recall, against ASU, Tyler Vaughns took the first punt of the game by Michael Sleep Dalton, 82 yards to the house last year. So we have had some success against this punter in previous times during his time as a Sun Devil in the Pac-12. But as I mentioned before, Amir Smith-Marset might be the guy that we should be most worried about with his kickoff return prowess and SC's admitted problems in kickoff coverage. How do you think SC special teams holds up in this game? Well, technically, with everyone under the microscope getting a new AD, they're looking to fill some positions. I think the special teams coach, John Baxter, will have his group ready to go. Hopefully, we can get some kickoffs through the end zone. That would always help us. Maybe corner kick it. I don't know. But we got to figure out something and have some strategic game plan going into this one because we can't afford to leave a team in the game based off special teams points. Can't happen. Yeah. And that has been an issue, as we know, with USC and something that all the fans are going to be looking to see if the extra time between games is going to help SC in that at all. Now, some facts that you might find interesting about this matchup. USC leads the all-time series against Iowa, seven wins against two defeats. It is the first time that they have met since that 2003 Orange Bowl that USC won 38-17. Your old teammate, quarterback Carson Palmer, was the MVP of the game. He had 303 yards passing that day and a touchdown. But the guy who probably had the better game and didn't win the MVP was running back Justin Fargus. He had 20 carries for 122 yards and two TDs in that game, a game in which Iowa came in with a bunch of hype and they had the Heisman Trophy runner-up, Brad Banks, and SC, after giving up an opening kickoff return touchdown, basically smoked them the rest of the way in that game. 
It is one of three non-New Year's Six Bowl games to feature two ranked teams. The others are the Citrus Bowl that has number 13 Alabama and number 14 Michigan, and the Outback Bowl that features number 12 Auburn against number 18 Minnesota. So on paper, it should be a good matchup. It is going to be the third Holiday Bowl for USC. All of them have come within the last six seasons. Back in 2014, SC beat Nebraska 45-42, and then the very next year, they lost to Wisconsin 23-21. For Iowa, it is going to be their fourth Holiday Bowl experience, but they haven't been back there in a while. They were last there in 1991 when they had a tie against BYU 13-13 back when there were still ties in college football. And then they also played back-to-back years in 1986 and 87. In 1986, they beat San Diego State 39-38. And then the next year, they beat Wyoming 2019. Basically, both teams have played close games in the Holiday Bowl in all of their previous experiences going there in San Diego and I think we're going to expect probably something along those same lines but we are going to get to that in just a bit because we will have our predictions and there's a lot riding on that but of course if you enjoy listening to us please subscribe and rate our show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and TuneIn. You can find us on the website at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Social media is at Believe Podcasts. And then personally, I'm on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, what is your social media? As usual, at The Organic Frost. That's where you always can find me, at The Organic Frost. All right, and the other wrinkle that is occurring, for those of you who haven't been maybe paying attention to the weather here in Southern California, but rain is forecast throughout the week through Thursday, and we're going to have to wait and see then how the field conditions are going to be for the game on Friday after a week of rain in Southern California. And have you played in that stadium before, Frosty, during your career? Professionally, yeah, I played a few times in there, and it's a good grass field. Never played in it after rain or whatnot. But again, whenever you get to play on grass, not turf, you count your blessings. It is always nicer to play on grass for sure, but it also means that if it's a little swampy, we're going to have to wait and see how that affects USC, which again has the high-powered offense. You would think that it might affect USC a little bit more and that the Hawkeyes coming from the Midwest might be more used to adverse weather conditions. But again, right now, the forecast is that it will clear up by Friday, but after a week of rain, we'll see how the field there at SDCCU Stadium holds up. So just something to think about going into the game. But now it is time for us to return to something we haven't had a chance to do for a while without a game. It's our always fun and contested predictions segment. And there's a lot riding on the line for this one because we come into this final game, Frosty holding a five wins to four and four ties in the previous weeks. So you've got a one-point lead on me as we go into this one, and we already agreed it's going to be double points for each prediction here. So again, as we always do, let's start it off with the players that we believe in. It's who we think is going to have the best game for USC. And 
Frosty, I'll let you go first. Who is the player that you believe in for USC in the Holiday Bowl? Well, for me, it's a tough one because we always want to go off statistics, but also I want to go off meaningful plays. And I feel like there's going to be a couple plays out there that are going to be so big for us. And I'm going to go with Stephen Carr. I feel like this is a game that he needs and he wants. Another game on grass. He's been injured a few times. But to leave his legacy or what there is, I think he has a big game. And he makes some real key plays for us, maybe even out of the backfold as a receiver. It would be nice to see Stephen Carr go. And again, he's a guy who had to deal with some injuries this season as well. And it's pretty interesting that you chose Stephen Carr because I am going to go with a different running back as the player I believe in. I am going with Vavai Malapai. I'm also thinking similarly to you. I think the running game is going to have to be a crucial part of USC's offense for success in this game. And so I am choosing to go with the more bruising back, a guy who also had to sit out about a month because of knee surgery. Vavai Malapai is the player I believe in. So this is going to be really interesting. We're both going running backs on that one. Yeah, they're solid picks. And with the weather may be the way it is, I hope they don't completely take us out of our ball game and they can't stretch the field. But if we can't, I know the big guys up front would love to have that game because they got to show they're more than just pass blockers. So this will be a good game. I think across the board, we should edge them in every particular way. But if there's any weather chances, that makes Iowa that much stronger. Yep. We will have to see how the weather holds up this week. It's always funny to have to be talking about weather in Southern California, but it is the winter. You never know what happens there. So now it's time for the game score prediction. I will start it off here. And just so that everyone knows, again, for entertainment purposes only, USC is actually a two-point underdog to Iowa despite the fact that SC is the one that's closer to home for this game. And again, even though they're closer to home, I know there is a lot of dissatisfaction right now after USC decide to keep Clay Helton on. So it's quite possible that there may be more Iowa fans in the stands in San Diego than USC fans because Iowa fans, they always travel well and you know they want to get out of that cold, wintry weather that they get in Iowa. And unfortunately for them, they might be getting some rain in San Diego, but it's still probably going to be warmer than it is back in the middle of the country. So there may be a lot of Iowa fans there to support a team that's actually favored by two points but you know what after a lot of games where I picked against USC and I'm always wary with USC when they are favored and I've picked against them a lot this season they're an underdog in this game and I think they're going to be more motivated so I am actually going to pick USC to win in a close one Now, Iowa has not given up more than 24 points a game to any team this season. They've allowed that twice to Wisconsin and Nebraska, but I think SC will go just a bit over that and squeak out a 27-23 victory over the Hawkeyes. Frosty, what do you got for the score? Well, I think it's going to be a little different. I feel like it's going to be a bigger gap, a bigger margin of victory for USC. It is kind of a slap in the face to be the underdogs in this game. With Iowa having to travel so far, I do think USC wins it in a landslide, though. I think early it may be close, but I really feel like with everything that's going on with SC, it's only fueling their fire. Both teams are coming off three straight wins, but USC is going to be, I think, pissed off as they should be coming down south a few miles to be underdogs 
basically on home territory. So I'm going to go 35 to 10 USC. Okay, going with the big 25-point margin of victory for USC. So that could be a little determining factor in our competition. I've got it as a closer game. You've got it as a blowout. So we shall see, again, Iowa, a two-point favorite going into this one. And then finally, it's time for the always fun, the always interesting, the always wacky prop bet. It's Nara's no-doubter and Frosty's Cold Hard Truth, where we try and pick one thing we truly believe is guaranteed to happen in this game. It's just a crazy old stat that we each think is going to be a big deal in the game. So, you know what? I'm going to start it off here. I'm going to go with something I used in one of the later predictions, and it didn't come true then, but I am worried about it in this game. I think that USC is going to allow a return touchdown of some sort. So again, that could be a kickoff, that could be a punt, that could be an interception, a fumble, any kind of return touchdown by Iowa would count. And I think USC gives up a return touchdown of some sort in this game. So that is my Nara's no doubter pick for the Holiday Bowl. Frosty, what is your cold hard truth? My cold hard truth for this week, this bowl game, I'm going to go up front and I'm going to go with USC's offensive line and their ability to not let A.J., Epinesa, or Chauncey Goldstein get a sack. I believe our tackles are sound guys that are trying to play next level, and this is another chance for them to shut down really, really, really talented guys, especially with A.J. out there that, like you said earlier, is probably going to be a first-round pick. So I want to see the big boys earn some money and go after those guys. That is a bold pick for sure. Frosty's cold hard truth is no sacks by either defensive end AJ Epinesa or Chauncey Golston. I like it. I like that pick. I mean, I'm not sure it's going to come true, but I like that pick by you. It's a lot better than the one you made. Oh, ah, wow. Listen, it is better for USC if yours comes true. There's no doubt about that. Again, I am always going to root for SC to do good. I just look at the stats. I just look at what I'm perceiving out of the matchup, and that's what I came up with for mine. And listen, I've been really bad at this, so hopefully I'm wrong again about it. Clearly, I'm beating you in the the matchup. Yeah, by one. But we shall see here, because again, it is double points this week for the Holiday Bowl, so a lot can happen here. I really like that we made it double points. I do. Yeah, I think it's going to be extra spicy with the double points. And I think it's going to make us have to think a little bit more about it as the game is going on to see what's going to happen there. Because again, you have the lead by one point. And to recap our predictions for the Holiday Bowl, the players that we believe in, we are both going with running backs. Frosty is choosing Stephen Carr. I am choosing Vavai Malapai as the players that we believe in. For the game score, I've got it as a closer USC win, 27-23. Frosty going with the Trojan blowout, 35-10. And in our prop bets, Nara's no doubter is that USC will give up a return touchdown of some kind to Iowa, while Frosty's cold, hard truth is that USC will keep the defensive ends for Iowa, A.J. Epinesa and Chauncey Golston, from recording a sack in the game. We shall see what happens with these picks. And again, the loser is buying at a USC basketball game later in the season. So someone is going to look forward to a little bounty at the Galen Center later on. You better use an Uber. Oh boy. Oh boy. 
It's going to be fun. But before we wrap everything up here, any final thoughts from you, Frosty? Per usual, I always want to bring up the fact that I want these guys to play as hard as they can, give it their best foot forward. This may be the last game with some of these guys' collegiate careers. Go out there and just push your guys. If you're on the field, do as best as you can. If you're not playing, cheer your guys on. And I just want these guys to have fun, play free, and play for one another. This is a big step for the new year. We still have a chance to sign some other guys. So the discouragement with everyone talking all that mess can go away. You know, there's been awfully good transfers. You brought up Justin Parkus earlier. Myself, I was a transfer. Lofa Tatupu was a transfer. There's been a lot of guys that came to that school and became transfers and made something. So we got a little bit of time that things like that can happen. But go out there and get the win for old Southern Cal. All right. So we shall recap what happens in the Holiday Bowl next week. But we are looking forward to this one down the road in San Diego, USC against Iowa in the Holiday Bowl. For Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 18 of the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? We hope you all have a happy and safe holiday. And as always, remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.